Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live here on Real Presence Radio. You're listening to us across 10 dioceses and five states. And Steve and I, Brandon Clark and Steve Splonskowski, happen to be in Sturgis, South Dakota at the Hotel Sturgis. They have generously uh, opened up their their lobby area, which is a coffee shop, and we've got some donuts uh, for our broadcast, and we're very excited about that. We also have some great sponsors who have helped underwrite this broadcast, and we want to thank one of those. Now, one of them is Top Bar Contracting, who serves all of Western North Dakota. Top Bar Contracting provides quality repairs and renovations and can be reached at 605 269 84 Four, four, or you can find them on Facebook. So thanks again to Top Bar Contracting and all of our sponsors today, including the Hotel Sturgis. We, we still have about 40 minutes uh, in our broadcast, a couple more great stories to come. So if you happen to be in the area and you want to stop by for a cup of coffee or a donut, uh, Karen is waiting to greet you with a smile, and uh, mm-hmm. we'd be excited to have you here at the Hotel Sturgis. All right, we're going to turn now to Ramona Sabers, who is with us um, in studio here in the, uh, well, in coffee shop, I guess. It's, yeah. really, it's a makeshift studio. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about a local chapel here. So, Ramona, thank you for being with us this morning. Um, you're welcome. I'm very pleased to be here. I have very happy memories associated with the chapel. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about your story, Ramona. You, you grew up in this area. Um, give us a little bit of that. Story. Well, as I said, um, I was born actually in Sturgis, and my family uh, operated a general store north of Sturgis in a little town called Stoneville, and there were six of us in the family, and in 1939, the family moved to Sturgis specifically so that all six of us children could attend St. Martin's Academy, and uh, five of us graduated from St. Martin's. The youngest in the family couldn't because the sisters left the year before his graduation. Mm. And so you you were here in Sturgis, and there's the chapel here. Now, this, obviously, the academy is no longer here, um, but we still have in town St. Martin's Chapel, which is uh, a, a beautiful uh, monument to the faith of the people of this area. We're... Um, do you remember when the chapel was built? Uh, well, it's not in my memory, but I know when it was built. <laughs> Tell us about that a little bit. <laughs> it was actually built, uh, started building in uh, uh, 1911, and that was under the auspices of Father Columban Bregenzer, who was transferred to Sturges in 1903. It was supposed to be a temporary assignment, and it lasted until his death in 1946. Mm. And... Uh, he was instrumental in getting the chapel started. When he came to Sturgis, uh, the church, the parish church, was called St. Aloysius. Originally, it had been built in 1882 as St. James Church. And it was just a small church when it was built. It was 20 by 40. Mm-hmm. But at early, in the early days, that was sufficient. But as the parish grew, of course, it was too small. And uh, it had been enlarged by Father Peter Rosen, and uh, then uh, it was still too small when Father uh, Columban came, and he knew that Sturgis needed a larger church. So um, at that time, money was scarce. The economy wasn't good. But Bishop Bush, who was the bishop of lead, was the lead diocese at that time, uh, gave the sisters permission to uh, 
solicit funds for the building of a new church. And they literally went begging. They went to various churches. They even went to New York and Brooklyn and got donations. Still didn't have enough money. Then Bishop Bush announced that his mother wanted to donate $10,000 for the building of a chapel in honor of her daughter who had died. And so that was a good start. And then uh, uh, generous donors contributed $25,000 and they were able to start building. And they started in uh, 1911. Um, a board of consultants hired Henry Brook, the Brook family is still prominent in the parish, uh, to be the supervisor of construction along with Lewis, uh, Nick Keffler was the, the uh, uh, accompanying uh, contractor. And so it was started in May of 1911 Cornerstone was laid August 15th of 1911, and there's so much history in the document in the Cornerstone, I'd like to read it so sure, you could hear absolutely. that. Okay, this is what's in the document. To the eternal living and true God, in honor of St. Martin, the patron saint of this church, under the glorious pontificate of Pope Pius X, Roman Pontiff, Ordinary Right Reverend Joseph Bush, Order of St. Benedict, under the administration of William Taft, President of the United States of America, the Governor of the State of South Dakota, Robert S. Vesey, and the Mayor of the City of Sturges, William E. Ladd. This cornerstone was solemnly blessed and laid according to the Roman Catholic Pontificate by His Lordship the Right Reverend Joseph S. Bush, Bishop of Lead, assisted by the citizens of Sturgis, August 15th, A.D. 1911. Wow. And I think there's so much history in that, you, of the clergy and uh, the local people, that yeah. that is an interesting document. Here's, here's what I love about this, Ramona. You said this was a time where money was scarce, the economy wasn't good, but there was a need to build a new church because it had been built and wasn't big enough and it had been renovated again and wasn't big enough and needed to, to be bigger. Like, isn't it beautiful, the determination of the, of the people, of the sisters to, to meet the need, to meet the, the need of the people of God so that they have a place to worship in many years. I mean, we're talking 1911. It's, it's 2019, over 100 years. Right. Can, can you just talk a little bit about that? Well, it's outstanding, you know, the settlers came to South Dakota and brought their faith with them and uh, it persevered. Yeah, yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're, we're visiting with Ramona Saber. She's talking about the St. Martin's Chapel, which has been in the community of Sturgis since 1911. August 15th, 1911 is when the cornerstone was laid. And um, so we're talking about this chapel and... Um, what we want to talk about is uh, what it means to the community here as well. Can, can you speak a little bit to that? Um, yes, I can. But first, I'd like to tell you about the construction of the chapel because sure. that's very interesting. It was uh, completed in uh, December of 1911 and dedicated in January of uh, 1912. And that was the January 6th, it was the Feast of the Epiphany. At that time, uh, also when it was dedicated, eight sisters joined the Benedictine convent. And uh, the chapel was considered one of the finest churches 
in the state of South Dakota, Sioux Falls paper reported that um, it had a magnificent heating system costing $3,000 that was designed in such a way that it heated not only the dormitory, the convent, the priest's rectory, but the chapel. And I thought for that time that must have been pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. All those buildings, incidentally, were connected by underground tunnels. Wow. And wouldn't it be wonderful if they were still there? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was a very cold day when it was dedicated, but 500 people came out, and uh, uh, the parish continued to thrive. Uh, in 1912, I think it was, uh, Father Columban provided, um, well, actually, it was Louis Grubel, a parishioner who provided funds for Father Columban to go to Bavaria and bring back a beautiful altar that was similar to the one that uh, Louis Grubel had known as a child. Mm. And then in 1916, uh, an itinerant painter came through. Um, I like to think it was a passing angel. <laughs> but he told Father Columban he could paint pictures. And Father Columban showed him pictures of holy cards, said, can you do these? And he copied them. And he was responsible for the beautiful murals on the chapel. If you haven't seen them, it's worth a trip up there. They're just wonderful. Funny story about it, though, is that he chewed tobacco and the novices had to clean up after him. <laughs> but, yeah. but the altar uh, is still beautiful. Uh, it was 15 feet tall, it had marble pillars, and in the lower part of it, there is an inset with the lighted um, figures of the Last Supper. Yeah. Now, so this obviously means a lot to the community, um, and, and I want to make sure to get to this part, because you guys are, are there's major efforts being taken to keep up and, and even restore this building. One of those events uh, just happened recently called Shekels for Shingles. Talk about the importance of preserving this piece of history for generations to come. Well, unfortunately, after the sisters left, uh, for various reasons, the chapel condition deteriorated, but some wonderful Catholic people were so afraid that it was going to fall apart completely, they started a committee, and this was in 1982, and it, it took some years uh, and some finagling, but they finally got some funds uh, to start restoration. One of the uh, prominent people in uh, the country was uh, a man named Vester Scott. He was president, chairman of the Mutual of Omaha, and he'd been an altar boy uh, at the chapel for Father Columban, and uh, he contributed $50,000, so that was a good start. Good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a group of citizens got together, Catholic and non-Catholic people, and uh, raised funds and began the restoration because the exterior had been uh, in bad shape and it needed a new roof, which, of course, was replaced then but still needs to be replaced again that was some time ago and uh, then the chapel began to be used again for weddings and funerals and uh, and later up to now father timothy has been really good about championing the chapel and he says mass there every saturday morning so um, 
that's a, a, a great benefit to the people. I just love hearing stories like this. Uh, you know, there's another story of a, an old log church in Sawyer, Minnesota, that was built in 1888, and, and just the efforts to to restore it and, and, and keep it around. Um, it's so beautiful. You know, there's such a history. There's such a history behind um, what went into building this and, and those who, who worshipped. What message would you like to leave with listeners this morning about St. Martin's and, uh, and what it means to you and this community? Well, it, it was wonderful for the community. It served as the parish church uh, for 30 years along with uh, serving as a chapel for the sisters. And uh, then in 1950, when the new church was built, um, it still remained as a, a symbol of the Catholic faith in the community. So if you're coming through the Sturgis, South Dakota area, make sure you stop in. Um, and if Father's around, I know sometimes he gives tours of the chapel, right, um, here. In town, you said Mass. He says Mass there every Saturday. Yes. And uh, and you just had a fundraising event for the repair of the roof. Did that go pretty well? Uh, it went very well. Okay. And uh, they had a silent auction also along um, with a really wonderful dinner. Mm-hmm. And also St. Aloysius Cemetery Board mm-hmm. has been wonderful okay. in their work. They have volunteers, and they have soup suppers, and uh, various ways of raising money. Also, um, many of the people in the parish, when there's a death in the family, in lieu of flowers, ask that the money be sent uh, for the chapel, the restoration. So many ways to support. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Ramona, thanks so much for being on, sharing the story, sharing your story, and then the story of St. Martin's Chapel. We really appreciate it. Well... It was my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, stay with us because we are going to be visiting with Bishop John Quinn of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, about intercessory prayer and praying for the holy souls in purgatory, the poor souls in purgatory. As we continue through this month of November, we'll talk some specifics. We'll talk about just the idea of praying. All this and much more to come as we continue on Real Presence Live, live from the Hotel Sturgis. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 